0: Conversations on Mental Health a hello to all of you listening, this is the Mind Pod- Podcast on Mental Health. Brought to you by Mayup Char and Fortis National Mental Health Programme, Fortis Healthcare. I am Dr. Sameer Parekh, I am a Psychiatrist. Today we talk about eating disorders. I have colleagues joining in, Dr. Rupika Durjati, who is a Psychiatrist with Sukoon Health and Kamna Chhibber. Who's a clinical psychologist at the Fortis National Mental Health Program, Fortis Healthcare. Starting with you, uh, Rupika, tell us what are eating disorders.
1: Eating disorders are a set of mental health concerns where an individual might be eating more than what their appetite is, or less than that, and it is frequently associated with how they experience their own body there could be a lot of body dissatisfaction and that leading to change in their uh, food intake along with some compensatory behaviours such as increase in exercising or use of certain substances which could lead to rapid weight loss. So some of these conditions are often frequently mentioned anorexia nervosa then there is bulimia and also, binge
0: eating disorder. So help us understand these. Let us start with binge eating. Uh, what is binge eating and when does binge uh, become an illness? I mean, all of us at times, maybe with friends or maybe it's your favorite food and you might end up having a little bit more than what you would have wanted to have. Um, is that a binge or is, does uh, clinically, does binge have a more clearer meaning and when does it become an illness?
1: in binge eating disorder there are recurrent episodes where an individual goes through a, ra- a short period of time in which they are increasing increasing amount of food is consumed and there is a sense of loss of control during this episode which leads to marked distress because the amount of uh, food that one is consuming is not what one would usually do It is more than what their appetite is, and it is uh, much more eaten much more rapidly than normal, and it could lead to a lot of embarrassment in certain social situations. So, the distress associated with it is what makes it concerning, and also that it is a frequently uh, happening episode.
0: So, essentially, what you said is. If I were to, let's say, have a meal and in two or three hours, I'll end up having the same quantity that I would have had for my meal earlier. I have it and I was not in a control and I was not able to stop myself. And probably again, after a couple of hours, the same thing happened, which is where it becomes binge. And it's the recurrence of this happening is when it becomes an illness alongside with it, when it impairs our overall quality of life whether physically, emotionally, socially. Yes. So coming to uh, bulimia. So how is bulimia different from binge? I mean, uh, in bulimia also people have episodes of binge. So what's made bulimia bulimia, uh, a separate uh, category here?
1: In bulimia, uh, these binge episodes are often followed by compensatory behaviors, which would lead to one not gaining weight. These behaviours could be anything like consuming a laxative which could lead to frequent uh, passage of stools, then there could be excessive exercising, dieting, then use of diuretics or any other stimulating substance which increases their weight loss. So the compensatory behaviours are what differentiate between a binge eating disorder and bulimia because uh, that uh, compensation is not there in binge
0: eating disorder. So, like you said, if I had binge, I was ha- having those episodes of overeating, and in bulimia, I was also having compensatory behaviors like purgatives, laxatives, overexercising, and both of them are actually harming my overall life. Coming to anorexia nervosa here, uh, Rupika, if I'm not mistaken, anorexia is uh, a serious condition it does have a significant impact medically and psychologically on the individual and uh, can also have a potentially very very serious outcomes if not uh, addressed. So help us understand what is anorexia also how does it progress? Uh,
1: indeed anorexia is a very serious medical condition because the restriction of food intake or energy intake especially in this case is so high and so serious that it leads to significant weight loss to an extent that one becomes malnourished and there are uh, changes in their bodily parameters, their hemoglobin levels, blood sugar levels, the hormone profile goes completely disarrayed and uh, the bone density decreases. A lot of times we see Uh, stoppage of menses or amenorrhea so there are mostly if not all systems of the body are impacted and there is intense fear associated with gaining weight and change in how their body appears which further prevents them from taking food in the way it has to be taken so the appetite and the oral food intake are mismatched which leads to significant weight loss and again In bulimia, there are more compensatory behaviours which could lead to compensation and weight gain. That does not really happen in anorexia and it goes on falling. The BMI goes on decreasing. Oftentimes, it can require hospitalisation and medical stabilisation because the heart rate can fall. There could be serious uh, ailments associated.
0: And what anorexia does is that you are talking about an individual who feel that they are not underweight, in fact, even though they are significantly underweight, sometimes even more than 15 to 20% of the weight requirement, they are still preoccupied with what if I put on weight? How would people look at me? And it's that level of mismatch that your mind isn't reading how your body has gone through the changes because of the illness and the mind is still preoccupied about putting on weight and the sheer uh, disparity between what you actually look and how you perceive you are or you may end up looking is so significant that um, the individuals uh, drastically reduce their diet. Sometimes there may be a lot of behavioral patterns around it, which means... uh, eating while uh, standing or exercising or eating alone or hiding food so that people don't realize uh, how much uh, they are eating. Lots of conflicts at home because you know family would push them for eating and one is not wanting to and gradually it starts affecting their social life, their productivity. And like Rupika was saying, uh, many a times requiring hospitalization not just from the point of view of treatment of the illness, but also from the point of view of the impact the body has gone through and the malnourishment aspect and the hormone and the other chemical changes that have happened and the way to rectify it. And that's why anorexia needs to be given a lot of importance in our society. Um, Rubika, if you could also help us understand what are the causes here that have been identified?
1: Any eating disorder, the etiology or cause is not very certain but there are a lot of factors which could be biological, psychological or social factors leading to the condition. Uh, First I will speak about the biological factors. Um, We think that the hormonal axis, the pituitary hypothalamic axis, certain genes, in that mm-hmm. axis and those concerned with weight regulation and uh, appetite regulation like the neurohormones leptin and orexin are implicated in the etiology or causation of this condition. Then there could be psychological factors such as low self-esteem and ongoing depression and anxiety, temperamental anxiety. Then there could be certain perfectionism in the personality A lot of times trauma suffered during childhood could also be implicated. Social factors, of course, we all know how social media affects our own body image and peer pressure, especially in adolescence, the way our family gives us inputs about our appearances and family photographs and occasions, and those things are some of the social factors. That could be all of them together could be contributing to an adolescent, especially going through an eating disorder.
0: Come to comment to you on this uh, before I go to some of the other aspects of eating disorders and coming to the treatment. The medical treatment is a lot more about uh, the physical aspect, looking at the malnourishment, looking at what are the requirements, vitamins, fluids, our hormonal. Uh, Aspects Yes, from a psychiatry point of view, uh, based on the comorbidities, since both depression and anxiety, um, insomnia would be significantly prevalent. So, treating for that. But the predominant uh, treatments around anorexia, especially, and other illnesses, uh, are psychosocial. So, if you could help us understand uh, what are the therapeutic interventions, how do you treat um, eating disorders, especially anorexia.
2: For the eating disorders, it's important to understand that there are two primary areas that we're looking to intervene on. One relates directly to yeah. the individual. And the second aspect is what is happening within the social uh, relatedness of the individual vis-a-vis their family or their peer groups. So when we are looking at uh, from the treatment from an individual standpoint... Uh, Like Dr. Rupika was mentioning, there are a lot of aspects which are about the individual's temperament, their sense of vulnerability, perhaps about being a perfectionist, worrying a lot about the future, having certain significant thought processes which are coming into play or probably past experiences or trauma which may be confounding the ways in which they are viewing their own selves. Um, In such a scenario, there are certain effective and efficacious treatments which have been identified and uh, some of these treatments include... Uh, Cognitive behavior therapy, where we are looking at working with the individual specific thoughts and beliefs which have developed over the years that intervene uh, in the way in which they are viewing their own selves that tend to have an impact upon the behaviors that they tend to engage in and the Uh, The focus in this approach tends to be on helping the individual identify what are the dysfunctional belief systems which are contributing towards the maintenance of these behaviors and how do you modify those and start bringing about a change at the level of the core beliefs. A second aspect or a second type of therapeutic intervention which is looked at is uh, interpersonal therapy in which you are focusing on what are the kind of interpersonal relationship deficits that may be at play uh, for the individual. And you tend to focus on what are the kind of role disputes or the transitions that the individual may be going through, which could be contributing towards the maintenance of uh, some of these behaviors. A lot of times the work is also done, especially uh, when you're looking at components of grief or loneliness, which may be contributing towards these um, uh, the maintenance of the behaviors as well. A third treatment approach that we have seen which works with individuals and has a lot of evidence base associated with it is DBT or dialectical behavior therapy as well, where the focus tends to be on helping the person build interpersonal skills. The understanding is that a lot of times the social relationships um, can be contributing towards uh, the maintenance of the behaviors and so it's important to work on emotional expressiveness, bringing in flexibility and openness with which the individual is approaching situations and their relationships, the stressors that they are uh, experiencing and how do you build the right kind of coping mechanisms as well as focusing on mindfulness. Another type of treatment is acceptance and commitment therapy where the focus is on helping the individual bring about changes in their actions by recognizing what are the core values that tend to direct their behavior, Uh, you help them build the right kind of goals which help them align their actions towards uh, their values and bring in an acceptance of who they are and what are the kind of experiences they have gone through. Essentially, the focus in all of these therapeutic processes where we are looking at the individual is how are you helping the person to learn to sit with the emotional experiences and how do you help them start building the ability to be able to combat or surf the kind of urges that develop when they're engaging in behaviors which could be dysfunctional patterns for them. So that is when you're looking at the individual. Uh, But when we are looking at uh, eating disorders, like I mentioned, there is also the family component or the social relationships which may be contributing as well and a large part of the therapeutic intervention tends to focus on helping also the individuals navigate their relationships in a better way, but also working directly with families in how they can build the right kind of environment support systems around this person in helping them modify their behaviors. Oftentimes, it's seen that there tends to be a lot of negative uh, communication patterns which would develop within the family constellation which could be sustaining some of the behavior. So how do you help families intervene in the right way, use the right kind of language, provide the right kind of uh, support to the person becomes a core component when you're working with people who have eating disorders? We talked
0: about eating disorders, how to identify them, the medical treatment, And the psychosocial treatments around it. Um, I'd come across some of these uh, articles that I was going through. um, The very famous uh, study that was um, in Lancet several years back, which was about the impact of media and correlation with um, eating disorders, um, you know, where they identified this island. And made two groups, uh, did a longitudinal study and showed uh, a lot of um, at those times, you know, the, the Western soaps and how they realized that uh, the group that wa- watched it vis a vis that didn't um, had a lot many more characteristics which could be correlated with the eating disorders. I'm talking about for more than two decade old study here, though. The fact that we talk about. Uh, We are aware that there are so many pro-an groups, pro-an websites as well, which uh, rather than discouraging people, uh, actually end up uh, enabling and encouraging them about um, this entire aspect of eating disorders, uh, where for a substantial period in time, uh, especially in certain industries where the whole idea of size zero was uh, promoted so much and yes now as the world recognized that how stereotypical we had gotten, one talks about um, a lot more openness rather than stereotyping the way we look at. So a lot of these aspects are the social interface of our life and I think that's where um, somewhere a question for all of us that as a society What do we do about this? The kind of... um, I've interacted with so many young people who've had eating disorders and a trigger could have been an experience in adolescence where a couple of friends commented or, um, you know, a family gathering where it was commented or let's say at at home where food became almost a conflict zone between the parent and the growing child where... The child almost to convince uh, the parents that I am a different entity with my own will, brought it all around not eating and became this whole, almost like a football match uh, between the parent and the child where the ball here was the food. And so many aspects of our life where the social interface does have a role. And I think amongst all the illnesses that we've uh, we look at in mental health the the social interface when it comes to eating disorders is something that one needs to look at. Whether it is the kind of exposure we have or whether it is the trigger or experiences we had or the aspect of how our social needs of recognition sometimes get the better of us and in some comparison or some incorrect understanding of how we should look at and how it then starts becoming a vicious cycle where we talk about eating disorder as illnesses. Um, it's very important that right from you know middle years in school we should start bringing awareness around um, eating disorders. Uh, school teachers, parents should be aware of identifying very early signs, that, that preoccupation about, look, avoiding to go somewhere because the way I feel I am looking, a bit preoccupation around weight, change in eating habits. When you start seeing this, this is when you intervene. At the same time, working on social skills, assertiveness, working towards a sense of cohesive, positive sense of self, um, media literacy to prevent the negative impact of media, All of this put together is the way we need to collectively work. And yes, role models and uh, the industry that is there in terms of um, whether it is platforms or whether it is entertainment or whether it is theatre and books and cinema, to look at this, that we don't end up stereotyping body image because that can have a serious, serious impact on growing young minds. So maybe there is food for thought for all of us, a role that all of us can play in different levels. This was a conversation on eating disorders. Stay tuned in, keep listening to us. This is the Mind Thought. Conversations on Mental Health brought to you by Mayog Char and Portis National Mental Health Programme.